0: The show. 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 You have all made it through the dance. 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 You have all made it, made it, made it. Got to, got to, got to show. Coming to you from the X Access. It's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode two forty-five. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. How you doing? How you holding up? How you hanging in there? How is it not leaving your house? Because I see you online. And I see you freaked out. And I see you lonely. And I see the weird Brady Bunch style grid photos of your happy hour. And I feel you. I do. I don't feel you intensely, but I feel you. Because I realized recently that I am something of a socialization camel. And what that means, for those of you who can't divine the meaning from my clever little turn of phrase, is that I can go long stretches without extensive socialization. That's a weird thing to realize. And I remember when Kristen and I were talking about having kids, I thought, you know what, maybe it's time we make our own people. Now that comes with its own sort of risk. My kids have been in here too long. I think they're tired of our energy. I think they're tired of each other's energy. And I think they're tired of not going anywhere. And if I can say one thing... It's that it's tough not going anywhere with them. Now, granted, I live in this big, beautiful house, with a giant driveway, a yard, the neighbor's driveway. They're out of town, so my kids have been riding their scooters and bikes up and down that. That's been lovely. Generally, we're having a pretty good time, but this is a lot of work. This is a lot of parenting. So when I say I feel you, I feel you because there's no change in energy. All I'm doing anymore is working, parenting, and teaching, it feels like. And that's tough, man. That is indeed tough. And it's interesting because I'm living in a world of audio. As I think I've mentioned before, I'm producing not only this podcast weekly, but I've got three others that I am producing remotely. And those air, you know, with staggered varying schedules, but it's still a lot of audio. It's a lot of time to spend by yourself with big chunks of audio. But I will say this, podcasts are one of the best ways of losing yourself in a conversation, of connecting with people remotely. If you're listening to two interesting people have an interesting chat that can take you away for a minute. And so I'm proud of what I do and I'm happy to bring this content to you and the content for the great organizations and people that I work for to produce podcasts for them. So if you know a business, maybe you have a business and you're looking to continue your content pipeline, putting good stuff out there, connecting with the people who need to hear from you, hit me up. I can produce you a podcast from scratch. I can do it from the comfort of my own office, and I can do it at a pretty attractive price in terms of everything that I will deliver to you. So hit up Deft Communications, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. My email is john at deftcom dot U-S. That's J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. One of the other reasons I'm not going out, you can probably hear it, allergy attack. What a time for an allergy attack, right? My eyes will not stop watering. My throat is scratchy my nose is running. These are not coronavirus symptoms. Let me remind you of that. I took my temperature this morning. You know what it was? 96.3. So I think I'm okay there. But that's not to say that going out and having the potential to sneeze or when I'm itching my eyes constantly, that's just bad form. So I've been staying home. I hope you're doing the same because the longer we can kind of keep this up, the sooner we get back to normal. It's like when I tell my kids, hey, the sooner you go to sleep, the sooner it'll feel that you wake up. So Get your ass to sleep, go to bed, especially in this environment. Put your ass to sleep, for the love of God, for all of our sanity. Mom and Dad need some time, or we're not watching goddamn Mickey's Mixed Up Adventures, or uh, that Rapunzel show, it's like Tangled, the series. It's pretty good, but, you know, enough's enough. I can't take any more Bubble Guppies. I can't take any more Muppet Babies. It's just too much of the same shit. But you probably already know that. If you have kids and you're listening to me right now, you know it, you feel it. I'm with you. Solidarity. Let's drink together. That's not why we're here today. We are here because I've got James Lane on the podcast. And how do I classify him? He's a podcaster. He's a radio host. He fronts a punk band. He's got a solo act called Pelvis Presley. He's an actor. He's visited all 50 states before the age of 30. And, oh, yeah, he was a guest on The Price is Right. So we had plenty to talk about. And... This conversation kind of goes all over the place. It's just a nice chat between two people who haven't been friends before but are now. Look at that, coronavirus bringing people together. I put out the call for new guests, and he hit me up through the Facebook page. So if you want to hit me up, another way to do that, I mentioned the email address, john at defcom.us. Hit me up through the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. All the same handle, J-O-A-T-Pod. I will see it if you do it on Facebook or Twitter, sometimes Instagram Probably not Snapchat or Pinterest. But James and I talk music. We talk Westward Underground Music Showcase. We talk professional wrestling. It turns out he's a fellow pro wrestling nerd, which is always a treat. We talk travel. We talk about how he grew up in poverty but clawed his way out of it. It's an amazing chat. He's a terrific dude. He's got great stories to tell. And for a good chunk of it, I just kind of get out of the way and let him tell these stories because I liked hearing them. You know, this is a guy who's clearly got something to say. He's got a lot of life experience under his belt. And you know what? I feel lucky and privileged enough to be able to bring it to you. So, sometimes I don't have to do a ton of work. You'll hear a lot from me in the wrestling section, as you might imagine. But otherwise, I'm kind of just letting James tell his story. And so we go a little bit long, and that's okay, too. I think we have the time. Also, be sure to stick around all the way to the end of this episode because I've got some special bonus content for you. James' band, The Shaky Experience, has a new single called Earthquake Hands. I'm going to put it on the back end of this episode. So, listen to the interview, listen to the outro, And then I'll introduce it, and the song will just start. So, fun way to end the episode, and big thanks to James for offering to do that. Cool bonus content. I'm always down for that. So be sure to check out the companion blog piece or the show notes for all the links. James has a ton of them. He's got a lot going on, as I mentioned. And so be sure to stay up on his projects. It'll be nice once we're all going to places again. You guys remember places? Places were amazing. Someday, we'll all go to places again. And when we do, I recommend checking out James Lane All of his projects, the band, the shaky experience, his solo act, Pelvis Presley. Check out his radio show on 92.9 FM. But first, what you should do is listen to episode 245 of the John of All Trades podcast. It's James Lane, man about town, storyteller, cool guy, new friend, a dude I'm going to mosh with, and his episode starts right now.
1: live in a time where socializing face-to-face isn't as you know it's it's not as big anymore i feel like a lot of people spend a lot uh time on their phones you know i've even noticed just like walking around the park i'll see people on social media or doing whatever they are on their phones and i'm thinking to myself you know you could be doing this outside why not just like <laughs> or excuse me doing this inside why not just uh, go outside and enjoy what your life has to offer you because we're on this planet for such a short amount of time that why not make the absolute best
0: of it? No, 100% agree, man. And so two things in response to that. One, I produced a podcast out of House of Pod. I actually produce podcasts for other organizations too, um, which is really, really fun. Like by virtue of doing a show consistently of high quality people go oh well maybe you can help me do a show and i've turned that into a nice little cottage industry yeah but house of pod was really great because their equipment is top-notch and the type of show i was doing was a little bit more complex than i normally do so going there for like such a great price and meeting with great people was huge it was terrific
1: that's so funny you know this year in 2020 i have decided that this year is going to be my year. Despite any obstacles, despite any adversities, I am going to make this the absolute best year of my life, which is kind of challenging, really, because I've already had a few really good best years of my life. Like, so. um
0: Well, for sure, James. So real quick, it's so funny you say that, because I was talking to my mom today, and yeah. I told her, even with everything that's gone on this year so far... It is still light years better than 2019 for me. Definitely. Which yeah,
1: 2019, yeah, by I, far the worst year of my
0: life. I. Mine too. I've never been more ready to fire a year into the sun than that year.
1: <laughs> I love that metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, um. Yeah, yeah, literally, I, oh man, I, you know, I don't want to dwell too much, but yeah, just 2019, it literally couldn't have been worse for me. I had the worst year of my entire life. And, um, but it's kind of funny because prior to that, the leading years up to that, like 2017 and 18 and 16, oh man, I was on like cloud nine all the time. I just, everything was like perfect for me all the time. And I loved it. So to like have that tipping point where like I finally fell full collapse and to just kind of, uh, revitalize my lifestyle, my career, my efforts. Has been so refreshing, especially after such a horrendous uh, year for many people. You're not the only one that's holding that, actually.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it was about that year, but good God, it was awful. And I, yeah. I'm i with you. I just want to move on. So this is James Lane. And James, we'd never met before, but you reached out to me through my Facebook page, which is great. I'm always happy when someone actually visits that. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, he, the way that you sort of reached out to me, you're like, Hey, would you be interested in talking to me? And the very concise paragraph that you put together was fantastic. You're talking about being in a punk band, which is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, you're an actor, a radio host. Yes. You've visited all 50 states and, uh, and you've been on the prices right. So. Uh, I go, yeah, I think I could make a show out of this. And I think there's plenty we could talk about. So I really appreciate you reaching out, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. You know, I listened to some of your episodes and I really admire the fact that you encourage your listeners to reach out. That's like one thing that I really took from your episodes is like how interactive you try to make your show, which I think is very special and very well done.
0: Oh, well, thank you. That, those kind words mean a lot to me. And it's something that you work hard on. You know, it's, it's, and especially now, which is why, you know, I was shut down for a little while. I'm like, what am I going to do? I always do face to face interviews and I go, no, you know what? I'm producing shows for other organizations. They're doing it remotely. Let's talk to cool people because now more than ever we need connection and we need interesting content that isn't just all virus stuff.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that's pretty cool because, you know, even seeing people do these live streams on Facebook, Instagram, other platforms, has been really exciting, honestly, because it shows that our world isn't completely doomed, that artists, creative mindsets and other types of people are still doing awesome things. We're just doing them online now, which we kind of already have done already, except, you know, a little bit more people interaction, but... Kind
0: of in a similar scale. Although one thing I will say is, talented creative that I admired just very deeply is Jason Heller. He said, when this is over, I am going to dive head first or headlong into a mosh pit. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that feels about right. Yes.
1: That sounds perfect. Yeah. I think we all need that. We all need just to be like immersed by lots and lots of people. So I think a it would be a really
0: good start to that. I think so too. <laughs> and you know, I always hated that scene in the second matrix movie where they're doing just like that big rave, you know, down in Zion. Yeah. Um, but now that we're sort of in quarantine and people are already losing their minds, um, from the isolation, I, you know, you'll see people and you're like, it's been four days, you know, like, How how were you this stir crazy after just four short days? But as I as I think about that scene, I go, "Hmm, yeah, I could see where that would be appealing now, where we're all just sort of sweaty and dancing, and you know, like (laughs) feeling the good vibes."
1: Have you ever been to a silent disco, or do you know what a silent disco is?
0: I do, and it's not my vibe.
1: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough to each turn. Um I just think it's kind of interesting because, like, I could imagine a live stream silent disco party. <laughs> there you like, go. Basically. <laughs> everyone's just jamming out in their house, but like you know, they have their headphones on and everything like that. They don't want to disturb their roommates or whatever. I don't know. I just I, I thought that'd be funny.
0: Actually, that's know. not bad, and it does. You don't even have to have the headphones on because you don't have to be sending audio at all. It's just everyone dancing, you know, like just tiles on the screen. You know, you could yeah. cut in and, and like look at everyone's weird living rooms.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. Or uh, you know, just really enjoy other people's dance moves too. You're like, oh, okay, nice. I'm gonna take some tips. You know, and that's like I'm trying to see like the positive light of different things, uh, especially this year. Uh just be very optimistic all the time. That's like a trait that I try to carry with myself daily. And I think that although this pandemic is clearly just a travesty, it's uh it's horrible, horrific. I still believe that there is some positivity from this, such as I think this makes us more aware as a society of what is important and what uh, our values are. So, you know, Prior to us going live on the show here, we were kind of talking a little bit about how a lot of people, you know, spend so much time on their phones and computers and, you know, it's a beautiful day outside. It's like, why not just enjoy the sunlight and, you know, go for a run or do whatever you enjoy doing outside. And I think that people now the fact that they're trapped inside opposed to being able to go outside, uh, makes it a little bit more challenging and makes us more aware as like humans of like what is really important to us. I don't know. That's, that's kind of my perspective.
0: No, I th- I think that's a nice, happy, optimistic view of things. And you know, to been a famous quote on a Ted Rahm Emanuel, who used to work for president Obama said, never let a good crisis go to waste. Right? Yes. And that's usually used for more craven kind of ends, you know, more opportunistic and, you know, uh, maybe nefarious types of things. But in this regard, never let a good crisis go to waste. And so maybe we reset our priorities. Maybe we look at the world differently. Maybe we treat each other differently. And maybe we reprioritize things that have gotten out of whack. And if that comes of this, I, I mean, this is not to downplay the likely damage that is coming. But hopefully out of the rubble, out of the aftermath comes good things and a reprioritization. And maybe we're all just better to each other. I
1: think so. I, I a hundred percent think so. I agree with that. Um, I just started this book. Actually, I should say, I just finished this book. I started a few days ago and now finished it. It's called the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. And basically the book, entails just how to look at obstacles through different angles to benefit your life. Yeah. So basically every time an obstacle presents itself, it's actually a blessing. You should love it and be <laughs> excited that an obstacle has come forth in your life. And I think that I I really enjoy that because it like carves a path for you. It really shows like that you've overcome all these challenges you know, you overcome the worst of 2019, and now you're here in 2020, and your podcast is still rolling. People are still tuning in, and things are great. So I, I think that that speaks volume, and, you know, just the fact that there's a lot of people out there that are freaked out, are worried, but just know that basically, you know, everything in life is temporary. So, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the positives, and then just kind of, like, blow off the negatives.
0: You know, it reminds me of something you hear from people who've worked in human resources their entire life, and it's when someone gets laid off, they usually view it as just this apocalyptic event. You know, what am I going to do? Your short-term struggles tend to overwhelm your consciousness, but something like 90% of people, after the fact, like further down the road, will say, you know, that layoff was the best thing that ever happened to me because I got out of this job that was unfulfilling, unsatisfying, made me unhappy, and put me on a new path. And so again, I'm not downplaying anything that's going on right now and we need to get away from this subject because I promised my listeners we wouldn't dwell on it too much, but, Fair enough. but the point is no matter what happens, use this time to your advantage. Be nimble, yeah. be creative, repivot, reprioritize. And hopefully whenever this is done, when, or whenever we return to some sense of more normal, we look better on the other side of it in the long term than we did going into it.
1: Absolutely. John, I, I love your outlook. I feel like we should be friends outside of this podcast. <laughs> well, you know what?
0: When, uh, when we're all getting together in real life again, yeah, man, let's get together for beers.
1: But. Uh, or a mosh pit schedule. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, dude, okay. That's a perfect, uh, segue because your band is called the shaky experience. That is. And yeah. tell me about it. So like I, I grew up, I'm an old punk. Like, so my aesthetic is entirely old punk dad at this point. I haven't decided to go full gym from Pennywise and wear nothing but black. But, <laughs> but
1: yeah, <fair> enough.
0: <laughs> uh you know, black dicky shorts, black shirt, black baseball cap, uh screaming lyrics as fast as you possibly can. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. But I think yeah. I'm on that road.
1: <laughs> Good. I, I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, so basically I am in a band, yes, we're called The Shaky Experience, originally from Baltimore, Maryland, which is where me and the other guy, Tom Merrill, my drummer and best friend, is from. And we started in the year 2010, and we kinda like started, I think, in his mom's attic, and we were just kinda jamming out, doing our thing, just like two 20 year olds, just having fun, and then we turned 21, we're just drinking beers and partying and going to, like, the art school and kind of, like, networking with different students and seeing if we could play their house shows or their school's festival or whatever the case is. So we really started to, like, build this, like, momentum just by immersing ourselves within this art scene and just kind of, like, this unique abstract style that is kind of, like, you know, not really mainstream and not not really popular culture. And I think that that's something that we really enjoyed about it was because it was an outlet to allow us to be our true creative selves and just act the way whatever we would want. And in the early days of the band, so we started in 2010. In 2012, we released our first album, which hilariously enough is called Greatest Hits. We just kind of wanted to be in, like, almost a parody. And that's just a really noisy, kind of, like, crazy album. And then we went on to release our second album, which is called The Clear Album. And that came out on Valentine's Day 2013. And that kind of was more structured. That definitely had more of a sound. And we started to develop, like, an actual identity of who we were. At least we were in that pathway. And then we moved to Los Angeles and we kind of just kind of uh, we're doing our thing we're working out there uh we were just we were also partying out there and writing some lyrics and then we moved back to Baltimore. and that's when we started piecing together our third album which is called Sloppy Thirds uh and once again we we'd like to kind of like use this tramp this like method to where we're we have like serious lyrics, but at the same time, we like to have fun and do a little bit of comedy in between. Oh, totally! No, it's
0: so, it, it's like one of those things, man. So, first of all, uh, just the lamest music question that anyone could ask: What was your sound like? Like, if if people were like, no. <laughs> you know, if if people were like, totally oh, funny. I like this band, so I'd like the Shaky Experience. Like, what would that yeah. band be?
1: For for sure, yeah. So there is this guy from. Uh I think I don't even remember what part of California there's this guy from California he goes under named uh his name Ty Siegel, and he oh also, Ty Siegel, hell yeah, yeah, Ty Siegel's awesome, right, so he's amazing garage rock, like just wild, chaotic, go crazy man, <laughs> type of sound, and he also collaborates a lot with this band called the o c s and they're just kind of mm-hmm. like you know garage, punk, thrash, indie lyrics, like just really going for it and just like being highly energetic and just like really delivering like within their sound, but especially emphasis, especially as a performance art piece. It also like is kind of like its own uh, window for just like a, like a really wild style of art. And it, it's fun. Like I think if you see these guys live, if, if you see my band live or if you see Ty Siegel live or the live, You know, you're not in just for the music. That is not why you came to the show. You also came to the show for the experience. Like, this experience is special. Like, what's happening is I saw Ty Siegel in 2011. He played this restaurant in Baltimore, which was kind of crazy. It was pretty weird. It's called Golden West Cafe. And there was this girl standing right up front, right in the center. And she was just kind of being really obnoxious during the show. And he looks down at her. And he was like, okay, you know what? Check this out. Come up on stage. And the girl's like, huh, what? So she comes up on stage. He puts her guitar around the girl, and he's like, whatever you do, do not stop strumming this guitar. <laughs> and she was like, okay. So he starts playing the chords real, and she's strumming the guitar really fast. And it, it was just—it was an experience. It was—it was a journey. It was an adventure. Just watching this and it sounded great it turned out great it was cool as anything i've ever seen and you know ever since seeing that when i was 21 22 when we released greatest hits that's when i was like we need to step it up like we need to make like every show just like something like that like something in a pathway where people are going to remember us not just because of our music because of the actions that we made that
0: night, dude. That's how I feel about seeing Andrew WK. Have you ever seen Andrew WK? Yes, yes, definitely. That's that's like an experience too, where you just go there and you go, this guy is legitimately unhinged. And yeah. I saw him in two thousand one, two thousand two, something like that, and uh where at? uh at the Ogden, and he was opening actually for Flogging Molly. So. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, he was like the sub headliner for Floggin' and Molly. And, uh, he comes out on stage and I've never seen anyone move so much in 30 minutes.
1: Yes, exactly. So, exactly. No, so I totally get it. About. So, you know, that's kind of what we've been doing. We have the three albums out. We released, uh, an EP in 2016 and then we will be releasing our first single In almost four years, our first single in almost four years is going to be called Earthquake Hands, and that's going to come out April 1st. I have a hereditary tremor in my hands. My mom had it. My grandfather had it. I have it. And essentially, it makes my hands all shaky all the time. Wow. So people always think I'm either nervous or maybe I'm on drugs or something crazy like that. You have Parkinson's or something? it's similar to it. No, no, that's what I mean. Like
0: people are, people are thinking that maybe like,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So it's this little tremor and you know, it's kind of, it's never really bothered me, but you know, sometimes when I meet people go on dates, whatever the case is, uh, someone's like, Hey, are you okay? Your hands or something like that. And then I just came up with the song title. I was like, you know what? I guess I have earthquake hands. That's kind of how the title came to be. And, yeah it's 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 a fun little thing so we'll be releasing that april 1st and then we'll be also releasing a full length in um this summer which I'm excited about so it's cool it's a it's a, it's a fun experience and i i think that it, being able to be a musician you know, I'm not sure if you've ever performed music live before, but it, it's really such a great avenue to express yourself in whatever you, way, way you want. Like you have infinite creative freedom because this is your project and no one has control of your faults, feelings, and emotions. Yeah. So you are the one that makes that deciding factor. And that's one of my favorite things about just performing as a solo artist or as a band.
0: No, totally. And yeah, you you got a solo gig, your pelvis Presley? <laughs>
1: I am Talvis Presley. That is who I am. So this story is a little bit more funny. Um, So what happened with that is when the shaky experience, when we moved back from L.A. to Baltimore, we took a small little hiatus. It really wasn't long at all. And I decided to perform solo at this place that I was working at. So I was working in a hostel in Baltimore, a traveler's hostel, a youth hostel. And what it I had the pleasure of being the community engagement person, so setting up events and activities, managing volunteers. It's a really great life. I loved it. And one of the perks of my job was I was able to host these concerts in the basement of the hostel. So it was a very unique experience in itself, just being able to have like – local bands perform or touring bands perform in this beautiful historic hostel that is the building was older than the city of Denver so I decided to open up a couple of the shows and they were like what's your what's your band name and one of my friends him and I used to be part of this wrestling club where we'd watch like WWE Monday Night Raw hell yeah (laughs) dude so I gotta stop you right there
0: (laughs) no problem because I got started with my entire internet career. So this podcast is an outgrowth of a blog I used to do. Before that, I had a comedy website that I ran with a couple of friends. And before that, I wrote about music on the internet. And before that, I wrote about wrestling on the internet. So that, that was the very first thing I ever did online from 2000 to about 2003. I recapped Monday Night Raw and then had other things that I did. But that's how I got started. I love it to this day.
1: John, I feel like we're best friends. We haven't even <laughs> met in person, and I already love you. Like I, I feel like we can relate so much. I, uh, I really want to check this blog out now. Uh, that is very intriguing. Was this like attitude error
0: stuff? Or, yeah, yeah. Like, where, where are we at? Okay, okay, so so I started writing in 2000. So that was. Let me wait. Did I start in two thousand? Yeah, I started two thousand in college, so it was like summer of two thousand. You know, rock is huge. Austin's huge. We're on the road to WrestleMania seventeen in Houston. Yes. Um, yeah. And then I stopped writing a because I I was in college at the time, and I broke up with my girlfriend, and then started drinking a lot. And I'm like, oh, I can have a social life again, right? Um, <laughs> it was that, and and the Triple H and Kane, Katie Vick angle. That did me oh in. my
1: god that was so crazy and the, I see memes about that on the internet so.
0: yeah yeah. So, yeah and so I'm like wow. okay you know what I need a break from this and honest to God I largely stopped watching until summer Punk like so Daniel Bryan oh, CM Punk
1: that's, yeah that yeah that's literally like anyone that's listening right now if I can't believe I'm even saying this. If you ever wanted to get into wrestling, or you left wrestling and you're looking for a way to get back in, that is as good as it gets, in my opinion.
0: Oh, uh, summer punk. Oh, totally. And then like Daniel Bryan losing in whatever it was, like 15 seconds to Sheamus at that WrestleMania.
1: That was ridiculous. That yeah. was the worst.
0: At, no, no, it was perfect because the next night the, you, cra- the crowd shit all over it. Oh yeah.
1: Well yeah. And started the, like
0: started yeah. the whole yes movement. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, that's actually really true. That is, you know, that's <laughs> funny you say that because it, that kind of was uh, that was a changing moment in WWE. Oh, that totally. Really revolutionized wrestling. It was like, hey, indies indies should get the shine too. Indies shouldn't be treated this way. And now we have things like AEW and other promotions. Oh, totally. Rocking it, and I love it. And um, once
0: I, once Triple H made his own little miniature Ring of Honor in NXT. Uh, yeah, and I, I go, I started watching again and I remember it was the fatal four-way match between Neville, Tyler Breeze, uh, Sami Zayn and Tyson Kidd. And I go. Great lineup. Totally. Great lineup. And I go, okay, what is going on down here? And I started like watching the takeovers and then I started watching every week. And seriously, NXT on the network era is some of my favorite wrestling in my entire life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Did you see, uh, the match? Wow. <laughs> this conversation has just transformed so much. Did you see the fact, uh, uh, what was it? The night before WrestleMania TakeOver where it was for the first ever, um, what are they, North American Championship? Oh, totally. The for, six-way ladder match. Uh, yes. That was so much fun. That was literally like the funnest thing to
0: watch. Dude, um, my wife and I traveled to LA for, uh, N- NXT TakeOver War Games in, what was that, 18? And then we went in November of last year to Chicago for War Games again. And it it was so awesome. And, dude, the the seats that we had in Chicago were the best seats I've ever had because we weren't facing the hard camera. We were actually on the hard camera side.
1: (laughs) That's pretty great. And so, yeah,
0: everything is facing towards us. It was amazing. Like, what a night. And, dude, I'll tell you this. Like, so it's funny because – A lot of, a lot of like punks are into this kind of thing. And I think it's like the DIY ethos and sort of the, the, the creation and pro wrestling is such an unusual lens through which you can view the world because it's where real meets unreal.
1: Yes. And like a, like a comic book on this.
0: Right. And they're, they're, they're inter, and this is going to be too cute by half, but, Reality and unreality are wrestling with each other constantly when you're watching professional wrestling and and you understand it with some level of depth because there's just too many layers to get through and people want to dismiss it out of hand and that's their prerogative. But I think they're missing uh storytelling that has a lot more depth and a lot more to chew on mentally than they want to give it credit for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think the storytelling aspect is one of the things that drives me to continue to enjoy it so much. There's there's so much emotion behind it, and it really feels like, although you know it is fake, it has so much drive behind it, and so it, it feels like a legitimate feud between a superhero and a villain fighting each other on television, and you get to watch it actually unfold, well, which makes it so much fun.
0: Well, one thing I'll say is like fake, I think is the wrong term to use. And people will be like, yeah, people will go, you know, that's fake. Right. And I go, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is not really Iron Man. Right. Like, (laughs) so (laughs) it's just a different style of storytelling. And I always like to say it's like Shakespearean in that you've got people with big wooden masks playing to the back row. And so in Shakespeare's time, that's how they told the story this is a different style of melodrama being told in a very particular kind of context.
1: Absolutely. I I agree with that. And, you know, I think that, like, going back a little bit to uh, my music, I think that just even the emotion and the drive between, you know, whether it's pop culture, like wrestling or comic books, or just human interaction, watching, like, people communicate and seeing, like, the... Uh, Like different styles and just looking at the angles of like the way that life presents itself really inspires me as a writer, as someone that writes lyrics, writes guitar parts and drums parts. Mm -hmm. I really take a lot of my my personal writing from just once again, the pop culture that is surrounding us, even something uh, as simple as The Simpsons. Like, oh, you know, totally. You see what's, yeah. You see what's going on. in the sentence It's yeah, of course, it sounds a little silly. I'm aware of that. But there there's so much there's so much narrative. There's such there's such a bigger story than just watching a cartoon. There's it's an actual it's it's an actual plot and just following along with it. You're like, wow. I could really write something good out of this.
0: Oh, totally. And,
1: you know, some of some of the Pelvis Presley lyrics, uh, you know, I could obviously recite them now. But, I'm, you know, I'd rather, you know, if you're interested, you can listen to them on Bandcamp, which is presleypelvis.bandcamp or whatever the case is, or on SoundCloud, Pelvis Presley as well. And I just released a new EP in January and it's called Hookup Culture 2020 Part 1. And the the inspiration that came behind this is kind of the promiscuous behavior of Denver. Denver is a very transit city. So... You know, in my experience, a lot of the relationships don't last too long because everyone is in a constant transit, moving, coming and going. So I wrote an entire EP just about uh, my experience within the dating culture of Denver, which I really enjoy it. I think it's cool that, you know, you get to experience so many different people and really get to outline yourself with a lot of different characters and just personalities. And 303 came out with this article. It said Denver is the worst city in America that find blobs, but it is one of the best cities in America for dating, which <laughs> I found really fascinating. And that's kind of like the backstory behind that. And I even had the pleasure of playing this music festival, you know, going into punk bands. This is, this is pretty special here. There's this music festival, this annual music festival. It's called the Underground Music
0: Showcase. Oh yeah, dude. UMS. Like if if you've yeah. been if you've been in Denver, you know the Underground Music mm-hmm. Showcase. Like uh who was supposed to be there this year? It was someone I really wanted to see. It was like um it's like the Rex mm. or someone.
1: Um Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure quite yet. Um I yeah, I, I I've seen death I've seen some speculation of just uh the different lineups and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously there's been a there's been a few cancellations. So hopefully it's good. Yeah. I'm hoping that it is still rocking and rolling. I'm hoping they're still like thriving. You know, when I performed the Underground Music Showcase in 2018, I released my album Blonde Voyage, during my set. And my set was at Bandit Brewing Company on South Broadway. Oh yeah. So much fun. Really great brewery. Really love that spot. And you know, to be on the same lineup as Deer Hunter uh, white denim, just these awesome indie punk bands that I admire and I look up to, all ways. And then Frankie Cosmos was on there as well. And her dad, Frankie Cosmos' father, is uh, Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates. So to be <laughs> wow. on the same lineup as the daughter of Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates was pretty damn cool, in my opinion. So you know that that I, I think that that's one thing that I really appreciate and admire about the city of Denver is how much they care about their arts and culture scene here. I think that there's so many avenues, so many outlets, Westward, 303, Ultra 5280, covering podcasts, uh, music, arts, culture, whatever. You name it, they're doing it, and that's brilliant that they're shining the spotlight on all of us.
0: Oh, dude, totally. And what's funny is I saw Goldfinger at the Gothic Theater in, like, January, and so, oh, cool. <laughs> so this is Goldfinger, you know, like a band that's been around for 25 plus years, maybe even 30. And they're selling out Denver in 2020, which I think John Feldman, the lead singer, was even surprised by. And like he's like, I think he's largely over Goldfinger, but he's it's like, no, there are people who still care. And you go to any show in Denver and like bands are always just blown away by the energy of the crowd here. And, Definitely. like in my history of interviewing, I've interviewed a bunch of them and they all love coming through here. And the hard thing is Denver's pretty isolated. So it's a lot of windshield time between, you know, here and the next venue. The, uh, the other thing I was going to say was the Underground Music Showcase is so awesome because like it's bands that you haven't heard of, but probably will hear before too long. Yeah. And one of the things that frustrates me, so I'm 38 years old. And there are people who are my age, like I'm, you know, I'm not that old yet, but there are people who are like, man, they don't make good music anymore. It's like, what are you, 60? Yeah. And like, there's no quicker way to become crustier than to say they don't make good music anymore. It's like, no, you just stopped looking for it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's, there's plenty.
0: There's so much
1: in denver and in general just generally speaking there's plenty of great ones one of my current favorite bands in denver they're called oko tigra and basically they sound a lot like the cure kind of almost to me
0: oh, nice. and
1: you know they're, they're just they're a cool band yeah they're really good uh selling out high dive and just different like venues around town and i see a lot of potential for just these local bands as well you know it's a discovery festival what the underground music showcase is it's a festival of discovery that allows an alliance for different uh musicians to be discovered through all the attendees and this this thing is packed it's it's 20, I think it's about 20 different places that are designated as venues. So whether they're bars, restaurants, whether they are actual music venues, churches, and then about 200 plus bands perform yeah. during this weekend. It's kind of like the South by Southwest of Denver or, or Austin City Limits or whatever the case is. So, you know, the fact that Denver, such as New City, uh, one of the, uh, you know, Newest cities in the U.S., especially compared
0: to where I'm from in Baltimore, the East Coast <laughs> yeah. is like has such a drive like this. It's awesome. Really totally. Cool to 100%. And I'll just throw in a plug for my favorite local band. It's a ska band called Younger Than Neil.
1: Younger Than Neil. Okay. I'll have to check them out. Oh
0: dude, they're, they're badass. And I, like they've actually been on this show too. They're, they're amazing. I saw them open for the Bouncing Souls and Mustard Plug. And oh nice dude. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fat show, dude. They're killer.
1: Um, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I'll play them on my radio
0: show. You absolutely so, uh, should. And I know, yeah. I know they would dig that. Um, but okay. So let's transition a little bit because we've talked about music. We've talked about wrestling both kind of itinerant <laughs> lifestyles. Both wrestlers and musicians travel around the country. You hear that old cliche, been around the world, haven't seen a thing. That, I don't think, is the case for you, because you've been to all 50 states. You did them all before you were 30, which is an amazing accomplishment. Tell me about that.
1: So visiting all 50 states, wow, that was a journey. So I grew up in poverty. I grew up very poor, and I also grew up just kind of very illiterate. I wasn't aware of many things growing up. I was adopted um, Um. by my biological aunt, and then um, my parents passed, and then... You know, my aunt eventually passed as well. So, you know, I, I was still a pretty difficult hand. But once again, you know, just having the mindset that this is actually a blessing because better things are to come, I think really resonates with me. So when I was 18, uh, my best friend Mike, he said he found some tickets where we could go to New York City for $20. (laughs) And I was like, What? Oh man, I don't know. That sounds crazy. It sounds sketchy. I don't even know if that's real. And he was like, No, there's like these buses that'll take you there, these China buses and then I was like, All right. Oh dude, the China
0: buses? Whoa.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh when we were eighteen, uh we left uh his dad's house at I think like four thirty in the morning and we went to this like bus stop and we were waiting and it's just this random bus just shows up, and they're like, hey, are you guys here to go to New York City? And I was like, holy crap. This this seems, like, really sketchy and just, like, strange. And I was like, yeah. And it's like, all right, we'll get on. And we hop on. We go to New York City. It's about a three-and-a-half-hour ride. So I guess we get there at, I don't know, like, seven or eight. And we have the whole day, and we're just walking around the city and exploring. And it was really mythical adventure just like two 18 year olds just running around town and it was fun it was such it was such a fun experience and I became addicted after that I just I loved I loved what I learned from it I loved trying different foods that I never tried before because I was I was eating fast food I grew up on fast food I grew I didn't even know how to cook or do anything so wow after that, I remember his uh, dad was like, hey, I'm driving to Miami, I think, to purchase a motorcycle or something. I don't remember what the case was. So we drove down to Miami, and then we eventually, uh me, my best friend Tom, and my best friend Mike, we all decided to move out to L.A. together. So we were living in North Hollywood for a while. And then it just kept on happening. Like, it just, you know, I kept on finding myself doing road trips to college country. I was seeing this girl for almost five years, Kim. And her and I did this amazing, amazing camping journey where we went from Baltimore to Denver. And our drive out here was spectacular. Like, we stopped in Pittsburgh, Chicago. We stayed at our friends in Omaha. And then we camped out in Badlands National Park. And that was one of the most wildest experiences of my existence on this planet. We were driving down 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 and and it felt like we were getting to the core of the earth it was just unreal it was Hmm. so crazy how far we were driving down we finally make it we finally make it to like you know i guess what the designated camping era may have been at one point (laughs) um and uh you know we're we're trying to set up uh we're trying to set up tents here And it was too windy. It just felt like this kind of, like, cave, this wind cave just constantly blowing. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah, let's just camp in the car. So it's me, Kim, and our dog, Bailey. And it starts raining and thundering and lightning, and it's just absolutely chaotic. And I'm like, holy crap, this is so intense, like, coming from, you know, such a – big city like Baltimore, like going around New York or DC, growing up in those areas. And then just being out in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota in this crazy storm right now, I'm just like, wow. So finally go to sleep. And the next morning I hear my dog making this weird growling sound that I've never heard him make before. And I was like, what is going on? So I look out my window. My car, our car, our car was surrounded by buffalo, buffalo. Like <laughs> just buffalo were surrounding our car. And I was like, "Holy crap, this is like the craziest thing ever." So we 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 made it out, fortunately. And then we camped out in um Yellowstone, Grand tetons uh, grand canyon arches mesa verde rocky mountain you we went to all of them and it, you know just the journey these experiences these adventures have taught me so much it is it's just taught me to have such an open mind and just you know just be accepted towards all cultures and all walks of life even from like you know, just from homeless people to the richest people there there are, everyone has a story. And to just give them time to hear what they have to say is uh, – it's, it's special. It's cool. It's a really cool experience. And, you know, even last year, I had the chance to uh, visit my 50th state, which was Alaska. Uh, me and my friend James, uh, we met up and uh, we went to uh, Anchorage. And we were driving around from um, – where was it? Telekinta to um, Seward. And we spent a week in Alaska, and it was, it was an incredible experience. Going into Denali, we had a run-in with a bear while we were out there, which was crazy. And just, like, I, I love it. I've absolutely loved it. And I've taken this leverage of my life to try to inspire others. Uh, inspire others that may have not been dealt such a good hand inspire others that may be impoverished or have a disability or some type of thing that's going on that they feel might prevent them from being able to do these things because that's not true anybody can do this like anybody like no matter what the case is what the like whatever it is um, I truthfully believe that if you put your heart and soul and your mind to something, you can make it a reality. Because if you would have told me when I was 17, a year before um, I turned, you know, but a year before I was 18 and started traveling, if you would have told me back then that I would have had visited all 50 states before I turned 30, I don't know if I would have believed it because I didn't have like a mentor. I didn't have resources or somebody telling me to do, uh that. You can make any dream come true. And, you know, I hope to be, uh, that voice to at least one person, like hopefully one person takes like positive light from this.
0: Oh, totally. And and travel is travel is absolutely transformative. And what you said reminds me of something my wife told me when she started studying abroad, you know, she was on her own for the first time and she's the younger sibling and she'll tell this story. I don't think she'll mind me telling it here, but she got off the train didn't know whether to go left or right. And being faced with that without anyone else there, she said, I broke down and I freaked out because Mm. I didn't know which way to go because all of a sudden that became a microcosm of what was facing me going ahead. And it seemed too big. And I thought, yeah, that is a great way to learn about yourself and exactly what you said. And since this is ostensibly, uh, a podcast about people's jobs and employment and things like that. Uh, sure. I've got to ask, you know, given all of these different things that you've done and things that you're into and all this travel that you do, what are you doing to support yourself during this time?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um this one's definitely a fun one to talk about for me. So fortunately, I was so blessed to start working for um, a chain of hostels, Hustling International, And one of the incredible benefits of this organization is it allows you to stay – to request to stay at their other affiliate hostels for free around the world. And they have 4,000 in the world. So I would just send out requests to Philly, New York City, D.C., Chicago, um, Boston, um, Honolulu, San Francisco, uh, Portland, Seattle – And the requests, pretty much, I'm pretty sure almost all of them got accepted and they allowed me to stay there for free. So I got really lucky with that. Um, but, you know, I think that traveling on a budget is definitely, uh, possible. It's, you know, hostels are very inexpensive anyway. You could also check out Airbnb. There's also couchsurfing.org. And, uh, couchsurfing is actually free. It, it seems a little bit odd, I'll admit, like staying on someone's couch, especially if you don't know this person. And, you know, it could definitely, uh, make someone a little bit feel unsafe but you know depending on you know what your deal is you know it is it is an option and i've also for in terms of jobs in terms of work i was doing that for years i was working for the hostel for a long time but now i'm actually in radio so i am a host at 92.9 fm radio here in denver and it is a really cool it's a really cool that outlet to all the local musicians to just submit their music submit their music and our interns look it over if they follow the <laughs> and one of the emails I got back was from Met Radio at MSU Denver. So they were like, hey, do you have any experience in radio? And I said, I co-hosted a show with a friend a couple of times at a college in Philadelphia, a direct university. And they said, well, you should come in. You know, that, that's a pretty ambitious folks wire. Like, you know, maybe you have some talent. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll come on by. So I came on by and they gave me a shot and I got a show. And that's kind of how... I got my start in radio it was through MSU's program by making those flyers, and I did that for years. I would reach out to just anyone that I thought had an interesting story. In fact, my first ever guest that I had on my radio show was Tobias Cross, and Tobias is was Tobias was the talent buyer at the Underground Music Showcase.
0: Oh he was yeah, my first ever guest. Didn't he? Didn't so, he like just leave and move to Austin or something?
1: No, uh, he did just leave. But he actually now works for Red Bull here in Denver. So oh, okay. Really fun. Yeah, um so Tobias was my first ever guest and he took me under his wing. When, uh, he, him and I just created this connection and basically, uh, really enjoyed each other and he just kind of taught me the ropes of the music scene here, the culture here, the art and everything else. i was like, if you ever need anything, please don't hesitate to contact me. And I'm so grateful for that because I got to cover Westwood Music Showcase, Underground Music Showcase, uh the me- the Meow Wolf Music Festival. Dude, let me tell you, this has given me so much, like, uh, more than I could ever dream of, more than I could ever imagine. Basically, whenever a concert comes to town, if a band that I like ever comes to town, I will email their booking agent and ask if I can interview the band and if I can get a press list, get on the guest list to just... Basically, cover the festival and say my thoughts on air. And basically, that helped me get this job with, uh, at 92.9. And yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of my story. So
0: Dude, that's it's a fun thing. And it's awesome too, because it sort of follows the maxim that, that you had set out, which is why not, right? And one of my guiding principles of my entire life is give people the opportunity to say yes, because yeah. most people will be willing to help you. If if you just ask them, most people are afraid to even ask the question. Like, oh, well, what if they say no? Then you're in the exact same place that you were before. Yeah,
1: that's so true. And
0: so you you've you've lost nothing. Yeah,
1: you, actually you you may have lost something just by not even doing it. That's the thing. Totally. Like, you could have you could have created a best friend. You could have created maybe your future wife, future uh, you
0: know, exactly. whatever the
1: case is. Like whoever that person is, That person could be so much more than just a colleague. That person could be your forever. Totally. And
0: and why not try? So just like put these crazy flyers up. I'm watching this show right now on AMC called Dispatches Uh from Elsewhere. Uh And, uh, it's great. It starts with him finding this flyer and he tears it. He tears (laughs) a little tab off of it. And now he's off on this crazy adventure. So that's a great show. And I I love (laughs) Jay. You mentioned Ty Siegel. I love Jason Siegel.
1: Oh yeah, Jason Segel. Yeah, he is good. He's a good
0: actor. Yeah, but uh, it's it's one of those things. Like I re- I remember I was going to Grand Junction like with some friends, and we were going to go see Less Than Jake and Face to Face. And yeah. I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, it would be cool to get to interview him. I'm like, well, then find their find their email address and try and interview him, dummy. But here's the thing, though. This is what a lot of people I think take for granted. I I emailed him. I got a email back almost immediately from Vinny, who was the drummer and chief lyricist there. And he goes, yeah, we'd be down. Like, just here's my cell phone. Let's coordinate as we get closer. And I remember, like, I got that. And then I was filled with panic because I go, oh, shit, now I actually have to do this. Like, Yeah,
1: absolutely. I've been there. I've definitely been there,
0: yeah. (laughs) It's like, I love this band. I don't want to brick this interview. And you know, I, I don't want to taint the memory. So I think it's almost easier to be complacent sometimes and go, well, you know what? That would be cool, but maybe, maybe this just lives as a fantasy in my head. But you know, if, if you have honest to God dreams, you owe it to yourself to at least make the overture, put it out there, give people the opportunity to say yes.
1: Absolutely. You know, one thing, um, I have taken uh, from my journey here is just like how short life is, you know, um, so i was mentioning you know i was adopted and my my parents uh they passed so you know my mom she unfortunately passed at the age of 30 so i was oh my. um she she had me when she was 18 and that's very sad i'm aware yes i'm it's very devastating but um the truth of the matter is it has helped me uh look through the lens of life as like everything as an opportunity so you know instead of like Carrying around all this fear. Am I fearful of things? Absolutely. But at the same time, I also am aware that like, you know, I'm 30 right now. I just turned 30 in December. And I think that basically, if I don't just try to go for things, like this year, 2020, in January, the first few days of the year, I felt to myself, like, okay, How am I going to capitalize on this year? What am I going to do that's going to be so special and so cool and so much fun? And I went to – and I've talked about Facebook so much in this podcast. It's kind of weird. Um, I I went to Facebook, and I went to events, upcoming events, upcoming concerts. And I just looked for bands that maybe I've heard of, maybe I've read a blog about on Pitchfork or – some other media outlet. And I was like, you know what? I'm literally just gonna reach out to every musician that has like a claim to fame, some type of story that I can basically talk to and hear how they they basically came from nothing to where they are now. And that's what I did. I reached out to Yacht. And Yacht, uh, as I was mentioning in the email, they were nominated for a Grammy, a 2020 Grammy. And it was funny, I had them on my show four days, four days before they were at the Grammy Awards. ceremony, nice. And I'm just thinking to myself, how is this even possible? Like, this is crazy. Like, it's all because of this damn flyer I made. Like, who who gives a shit about that flyer? <laughs> and it like, you know, it's just a fucking piece of paper. Can I say that? It's just yeah. a piece of paper. Like, it's just a piece of paper. Like, and, you know, now I'm having this opportunity to interview this band that's at the Grammys and, like, basically just – different uh adventures like that and just like saying to yourself like why not like why why not do this like you know you look at someone like steve jobs just such an innovative mind like someone that like you know he was also adopted as well and he basically took his his vision and just he didn't settle for anything less he he had a vision he had a passion and he felt to himself hey you know what I want to revolutionize the world. And now as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you through one of Steve Jobs, uh, you know, (laughs) the iPhone, you know, and like something like that, I think is very inspirational. And I take that to heart because I think that if, um, people really focus on their goals, they're driven, they're determined. They type them in their phone's notepad. They write them down in their journal. They think about them. Make it a reality. I mean, you know, my goal at the end of the ascended to the day, what I would like to accomplish within my lifetime. I have a feel. One is I would absolutely love to inspire at least one person, at least make one person's life and one person's journey a little bit better than what it was yesterday. Two, I would love to be wealthy enough to donate an endless amount of money to animal shelters. (laughs) because I'm just a huge lover of cats and dogs, honestly. Um, And then three, finally, I personally just really want to not have to work for the man the rest of my life, right? Because, like, you know, once again, we're on this planet for such a short amount of time. I just can't understand the psychology, the ideology behind having to slave away. And I respect it. I respect everyone that works full-time. I respect everyone that works part-time. But I you know, it's beyond me. It's beyond uh me to say that I feel like I could uh actually do that because I personally feel like I can't. I feel like uh I'm just too determined wanting to be involved in that lifestyle and I'd rather just spend uh my days uh doing like cool podcasts like this. <laughs>
0: Dude So very similarly, I did my time in corporate and learned a lot. I'm intensely grateful for it. People ask me what the goal for my business, because I own my own consulting business. And I saw
1: that. Looks, I want to know more about
0: that. We'll talk more about it off mic. But it's one of those things where people always talk about, I've always wanted to run my own business, or I've wanted to write a book or whatever. And something that comes up again and again on this podcast is do it this year, because if you don't, you'll be one year older when you do. Yes. Yeah. And Definitely. that's a quote from Warren Miller and it's one of my favorite quotes of all time because look, my, my goal with this company, with everything that I do is to ensure that my time is my own. And so what you say resonates with me and it's something I talk about on this show a lot. So it's, it's always great to meet a fellow traveler, uh, cut from a similar cloth.
1: Having that outlook does, uh, it, I I would like to think that it expands the mindset a little bit and just, uh, um, to know that you, you had a a similar, you know, a similar pathway or similar ideology. I I think it's cool to really network with other people. I think it's, it's fun and it's exciting. And that even like helped me with, uh, elevating just my luck too, or just elevate testing your luck, basically, like, you know, as I was mentioning with the price is right thing, um, It's kind of funny because I didn't think that that would actually ever come to be. And when it happened, I was just like, whoa, you know what? If this is possible, anything is possible. So whether I'm releasing music as the shaky experience or Pelvis Presley, I'm traveling, trying to run a half marathon in all 50 states, being on more game shows or acting or whatever the case is, like, honestly, just giving, giving things a shot, giving things a chance is, uh, is the best you can do. And then just take it from
0: there. 100%. So, okay. We're running a little bit over on time, which is okay but I would be doing a dereliction of duty if we did not talk about your experience on The Price is Right.
1: <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, so, so uh, I,
0: I've heard a little bit about this, where you get tickets and you kind of stand in line and you get interviewed by a producer, but I don't want to put too many words in your mouth. Uh, take me through kind of what the process is like and what it's like before, when you're on the show, and then after.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. It's really a pleasure. It's such a funny story. <laughs> I was 23, and once again, me and my two best friends living out in L.A. And at the time, I was smoking a ton of weed. Um, I <laughs> haven't smoked uh, since 2014. and But at that time, I was consistently high. And I was, just kind, of, I was kind of a bum. I mean, like, I had a nice spot in North Hollywood, but I was just wearing Hawaiian shirts. I had like kind of a beard. <laughs> I just I look like such like a goofball, and you know, looking back, <laughs> it's just it's crazy. So I remember one day my my buddy Mike comes in and he was like, "Hey, I got us tickets to be on Let's Make a Deal." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that sounds cool." So we go over to CBS. Which, uh, we have to rent costumes because everyone has to be in costume when they are on Let's Make a Deal.
0: Yeah. So the, are, you're site. talking about the Wayne Brady one, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm wearing like an Elroy Jet space costume, and we're 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 just sitting there, and it's it's so silly. It's such a ridiculous time. I remember a producer type one pointing at me, and I look over at Tom and Mike, and I'm like, dude, I don't know. They might pick me. This is kind of crazy. And they're like, yeah, man, we'll see or whatever. And they didn't pick me. I was so upset. I was like, damn, that was my one chance. And, uh, the guy came up to me after the show and he was like, Hey man, yeah, you know, like, sorry things didn't work out. You know, you seem like a good guy, all this other stuff. Uh, you should go across the hall at the prices right. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, no, seriously, you should check it out. It's like, okay. So we went back home a couple of weeks later. Uh, we got tickets to be on the prices right. So we get down to CBS studios. It's like a nine or 10 hour day by the way, like when you are on one of these shows, it really, it takes a whole day. So we're down at CBS and the auditioner interviews everybody. He just comes up to everybody and he was like, Hey, so tell me about you. Tell me your, tell me your situation and all this other stuff. What's Stan said about you? I don't even remember what I said. I think I said I was writing a book, which I (laughs) still am in that process. right. (laughs) It does need to happen. I And hearing you say that earlier was fun but anyway okay so basically uh you're welcome yeah i appreciate that good reminder we're sitting in line and we're hanging out he interviews us checking in i high five him and i just really show him some really baller energy and he's like okay yeah man we'll see what happens you never know and i'm just like all right whatever so we go in the studios and we're we're sitting we're we're like let's go sit up front at least if they don't pick us, like, our friends will be able to see us in the front row. That'd be so cool, right? And so we go and sit in the front. And then one of the producers comes up to me. And they're like, hey, we actually need you to sit in the back. And I was like, wait, why? And they're like, we can't tell you. But we need you to sit in the back, so just do it. And I was just like, um, okay. So I was like, can my friends come? And they're like, yeah, bring them. So we go and sit in where they assign us to. The, the music hits. Lights start flashing. Drew Carey comes out on stage. Things are going crazy. My heart's starting to race. I'm like, oh, my God. What if they actually pick me? <laughs> so they announce, number one, some guy runs down. Number two, some lady runs down. And number three, and they call my name. And when they call my name, I look over at my friend, and I'm just like, is, did they just call me? Is, did they mean me? And he's like, yeah, dude, you got to get up. Go. And I look over and uh the camera was like directed right at me. And I was <laughs> like, Oh my god So I jump up and I run down and I'm bidding there all day. Like uh I keep on getting those people that do that thing where it's like you say a hundred and they say one at one. Yeah. I was like, No <laughs> I I'm gonna be here all day long. Were you so
0: in long. the first four?
1: I was, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: I was in the first four.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So I'm there all day long. I had to get up on stage, and I finally did, and uh someone doesn't ever bid me and I finally get up and i'm on I'm on stage and there there's it's me and drew, and I am sweaty um, <laughs> i have a crooked I have a crooked mustache because uh I didn't shave it right that morning, and I just look like. Some weirdo that how why the hell is this guy even on the stage right now? It's uh I mean, I don't know. I'm like a twenty three year old. It's 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 silly. So um we're standing there and he presents the two what is it? Like the two trips. Is it San Francisco?
0: Yeah, Lake Tahoe. Yeah, Yeah, I I got it up here and so I'm like, okay, so a trip to Lake Tahoe or and San Francisco. I'm like, those are like two hours apart from each other. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah true (laughs) that's a good point oddly enough i actually wasn't too familiar with lake tahoe when the uh when it was happening uh just because i hadn't spent a significant amount of time in california till that point right so i was like uh i don't know and then i actually truthfully i almost did wrong i actually almost lost i i wasn't gonna win what happened was Um, he was like, all right, James, you got to pick, come on. And I was just like, uh, and the, the whole crowd is yelling Tahoe. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, no, it's San Francisco. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to just do what the crowd says. So I went with Tahoe and I won both of the trips. And then I go to the showcase showdown.
0: You went to the showcase showdown too?
1: No, no, no. Hold on.
0: Oh, right, 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 right.
1: I should rephrase that. I should, I am sorry. I went to the wheel to try to get to the showcase showdown. And uh, I tie the wheel twice. Uh, we we tied the wheel twice, me and this guy. <laughs> and coincidentally, I don't know if you'll believe this, but it's true. The guy that was standing next to me during the audition—it it was him and I. Oh, weird! Together, so that was a fun fun coincidence. And him and I are just like laughing about it uh, backstage. And uh, so, yep, we're spinning the wheel, tie twice. And then he finally wins. He beats me out and then he wins the showcase showdown. I was happy for him. <laughs> and afterwards, uh, yeah, we, we signed some contracts and thing we wouldn't tell anyone until the episode aired. And I was in LA for a little bit longer. I went down to Florida for about a week or so and then went back up to Baltimore and then made my way to Denver. And that's kind of, it's kind of been this crazy crazy, crazy journey. There's a really wild adventure. And, you know, you can see all my stories online. Like I have a, I have a travel blog that I update, um, pretty regularly and also just the photos and videos and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's some pretty goofy, cool stuff. Honestly, I, I like to think, and just camping out across country as well. It's been a lot of fun. Okay. But yeah. That, that was my journey. That was my journey on the Prices Right. And I forgot to mention one last thing. Aisha Tyler yeah. was, the guest host that day, so to hang out with Lana of the television show Archer <laughs> was pretty damn cool.
0: That's that's so awesome. She's and she's cool as hell. I loved her old podcast, Girl on Guy. Okay, so just two other questions: Did you actually get those trips, or did they give you cash value for them?
1: Yes, so I did get those trips. So and it was amazing. Oh, I took good. those when I was t- twenty-four. Best time ever. Took my best time.
0: Did you have to pay taxes on them though? Yes. So and I heard that sucks.
1: That that part does suck. Absolutely. That part is no fun at all. Um, I owed a pretty big chunk of change. Fortunately, I won some value, and I think I won some cash through the Prices Right episode, too. Oh, nice. So uh, by my bid. So basically, uh, some of that cash uh, restored the amount that I owed, but I still owed a lot of money as well. But it was so worth it. Best time ever.
0: Wouldn't trade it for anything. Awesome. All right, well, James, we need to wrap up. Here's the time on the show when we do plugs. Be sure to plug your band, plug your travel blog, plug anything you want right now, but uh, the floor is yours.
1: Okay, cool. Well, uh, for starters, I want to... Thank everyone for tuning in. I am so grateful. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm so grateful for your time. And you can find me at James Lane, 1989 on Instagram, at James Lane, Lane with two E's on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, The Shaky Experience, that's the band, Pelvis Presley, that's another band on Facebook. And then you could also listen to my podcast online. Um, I have a podcast as well, and I'm over at 92.9. The podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which is going to be the Shaky Experience Podcast. Not to be confused with the band. Really great interviews over there and love having some characters. So, once again, I really appreciate everyone tuning in and just absolute blessing. So, thank you uh to the fans and, John. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, James. And you know what? Once this is over, we'll get together, we'll hang out, we'll do some moshing, maybe drink some beers. And, <laughs> I love it. And uh thanks for being on the show, man. Continued success to My you. My pleasure. Thank you. And what a fun show. That wraps up episode 245 of the John of All Trades podcast with James Lane. Now, normally here's where I do a bunch of plugs. The only one I'm going to do is for 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, and we're all doing everything online right now, 4Degrees can help you do a better campaign, product, good, service, website, whatever it is you're doing, pick them up, get your message in front of the people who need to see it most, number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. But... James emailed me and asked me if I'd be willing to play the song Earthquake Hands, the new single by The Shaky Experience. And yes, I'd be happy to play that. You know what? We all need some new tunes in our life. So you can find this song in the companion blog piece at johnofalltrades.us or in the show notes if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform. And if you're working on something cool, be sure to hit me up. I did that in the intro. The email is john at defcom.us, J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. Or you can hit me up on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, or Instagram, all under the same handle, Pod. But for now, I'm going to turn the floor over to the shaky experience. Cheers, earthquake hands, and thanks for listening.
1: Johnny.